Radio. What are we waiting for? An Advent reflection with Father Richard Leonard. This is an excerpt from the book What Are We Waiting For? Finding Meaning in Advent and Christmas. In Advent, we hear much about John the Baptist. He's seriously overexposed. In fact, many preachers run out of creative things to say about him fairly early on. Yet, in the New Testament, he is the figure who points to both the here and now and the yet more to come, so we can see why he's given to us as a central character. His role in the life of Jesus is more complex than some of us were ever taught in school. Some New Testament scholars argue that Jesus didn't just go into the desert and pay John the Baptist a visit, but that he was his disciple for a period of time and later made a break from him. In the Gospels, John the Baptist emerges as a fierce character, opting out of towns and villages and heading to the desert to preach a harsh repentance, fasting and penance. It was an austere lifestyle. No matter if Jesus was John's disciple or he went to the Jordan for a day visit, Jesus did not follow John's lead. He returns to the desert on a needs-only basis. Primarily itinerant, Jesus' mission was to be villages and towns, proclaiming a repentance of mercy, love and compassion. I'm pleased I follow Jesus. Throughout Lent and Advent, however, John in the desert is held up as the way to go. The Advent season was in fact like Lent until the 12th century. Both were five weeks long, both marked by fasting and penance, and both giving the faithful a day off halfway through. So we can see why the church returns to the Baptist in the desert in both seasons. Have you ever been into a desert? A real one? Nearly 70% of Australia is semi-arid or full-on desert. It's not hard to find a wilderness in Australia. And one of the most religious moments of my life happened there. In June 1984, I did a pastoral placement at Quilpie, which is 1,029 kilometres inland from the coast. The then pastor, Father Jeff Scully, was one of the finest priests I have ever met. One Sunday morning, June 24, the parish celebrated the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ, and later that day, Jeff and I climbed into his truck and set off on his country run. This run was a 500-kilometre round trip, it took three days, running through roads to Eramanga, Adavale, Tomb Pine and Yulo. These places are as outback as they sound. At the Tomb Pine Hotel, after the very devout local faithful celebrated their Sunday Mass on Tuesday, we did a Corpus Christi procession around the pub. It was the most moving one I have ever attended. There were only ten of us. The drinkers in the bar were not actually imagining things as they saw us walk past. On Wednesday, as we were heading home, we had a flat tire. It was dusk. Three things hit me in the middle of that desert. With no light pollution, the canopy of the stars was as clear as it was overwhelming. When the new tire was fitted, Jeff and I sat out there for ages, listening to the sound of silence. And I felt incredibly vulnerable. I was pleased to drive home, back into town. Maybe that's why we're encouraged to go into the desert in Advent. For clarity, to listen, to touch our vulnerability. Going to the desert and all it represents is a very powerful experience, but we need to approach it carefully and knowingly.
With good cause, the figurative desert in Christianity has always been associated with ascetic practices in the spiritual life. They're only ever a means to an end. They're never ends in themselves. Once we lose sight of their purpose, we can get lost in the desert of our own penance. This is a very dangerous place to be. In the church these days, some people think our theology and spiritual practices have become a bit too soft, a bit woolly. In some regards, they may have a point. But these commando Christians may be following John the Baptist more than Jesus Christ. Truly living a life of mercy, love and compassion should hold enough tough love with which to be getting on. Penitential acts do not change God. God is unchanging. They change us so that we might in turn change our world for the better, so that it reflects the kingdom that Christ proclaimed. Even though we have the ancient and venerable Christian tradition and witness of the desert fathers and mothers, St. Anthony was very careful about the centrality of moderation, joy and compassion that should mark the Christian life in an actual or figurative desert. The story is told about a monk who went to Abba Pomerman and asked him, When we see brothers who are falling asleep during the services, should we arouse them so that they will be watchful? Pomerman said, For my part, when I see a brother falling asleep in Vespers, I place his head on my knees and let him rest. In and through our preparations in Advent, we have to keep focused on what we're actually seeking to enable the Lord of life to be reborn in us this Christmas and that our public lives will mirror the growing freedom of our private prayer. Sometimes for the love and joy of Christmas to flow and flower in us, we need to confront the blocks that get in the way of living the life of grace. It's good to head to our figurative desert this Advent for clarity, to listen and to touch our vulnerability. But our time there should be marked by encountering God's mercy and compassion and an assurance of his personal love for us. It should see us reinvigorated to be sent back with Christ to our figurative city to live and proclaim Christ's kingdom wherever and however we are. That was Father Richard Leonard from the Society of Jesus reading an excerpt from his book, What Are We Waiting For? Finding Meaning in Advent and Christmas. To purchase a copy, visit paulistpress.com. Radio.org.au